Hello and welcome to episode 10, yes, the big 10 of the PPVG podcast. I'm happy we made it so far to the double digits. On this podcast, we do like to go over the games that I've been playing, kind of from that parent perspective kind of thing. Uh, so we'll be going over the gameplay of the game, we're going to go over the music, the time commitment, uh, a little kiddable section I like to call it, and then of course the conclusion. Uh, and this week's episode is Axiom Verge. So this game, I um, took a few tries to get into it, uh, but now that I have... Really uh, great game that I like uh, playing on a regular basis or semi-regular uh, basis. So, uh, but currently, what I've been playing is not much. Um, I've been pretty busy uh, just the last little bit here, so I really haven't been playing too much. Um, haven't really had a chance to play Final Fantasy 16, but I've been you know putzing around on the phone. Um, and actually, I downloaded Lemmings on the phone. <laughs> Um, it's pretty good. It is free to play and all that stuff, but it's not too crazy. I don't really play a huge amount of it, so I don't feel like you have to put too much or any money into it. Um, and then also I have been playing a game called Craftbound uh, on the phone, and uh, that one's neat. It's kind of like if you were to take the crafting um, and like mining gathering aspects of uh, MMOs, so World of Warcraft, EVE Online, that kind of thing, and then that's all it is. <laughs> so it's kind of strange when you say it like that. You're like, oh, is that it? And yeah, that's it. So I do enjoy playing it. It's a lot of fun. Um, you just kind of let it go in the background and see where you're at kind of thing. And then today I um, found another game, and I actually don't even know where my phone is, but what it is is, is a, um, it's like a parking escape game kind of thing on ios again and um a lot of fun with that one you're able to um just scoot the cars out of the parking lot different kinds of puzzles all sorts of puzzles actually that one i found it today and i played quite a lot today actually it was a lot of fun so um yeah so again i haven't been playing sorry haven't been playing a huge amount of stuff but that is what i've been doing okay just quickly i checked my phone it's just called parking jam I mean, it kind of makes sense. So anyway, um, on to the game of the week, which is, as I said, Axiom Verge. So I did say it's a fairly newish game uh, for what we usually do on the podcast. So it actually came out March 31st in 2015. Uh, so we're looking at about eight years ago. Um, so originally when it came out, I thought it looked cool. I like Metroidvanias. I like the graphic style. It's kind of an older, gritty looking style. Um didn't really know anything of the story, to be honest with you, but the um, I, I, I couldn't really get into it. It didn't really grip me. I've, I found it actually quite challenging, and it is a little bit challenging at the beginning. Um, confusing, challenging, so on and so forth sort of thing. Um, tried it on PC, on Game Pass, actually, I think it was back then. Um, and again, just couldn't really get into it. Um, and then it's funny because... Uh, the music, there's a couple songs. I mean, the, the main intro song, like the, or the the main song of the game, I really liked. And so, you know, I have on Spotify, listen to the album, I get to a couple songs, and there's one song um, that is in our little list of uh, songs that we're going to be going over. It's called Without Place. That song there, I really like. And at one point, the PS5 version, or I guess PS4 version, um, was playing it on my PS5, and I just kind of, I think I was listening to the music at around the same time, and in my head, I'm like, well, 
I want to know what part of the game has that song. And it's actually near the end of the game, but it's like I wanted to hear the song and I was playing and it wasn't there. But then by the time I kind of said, oh, I want to keep playing for the song, I was into the game already. So I kind of it just took me a little bit longer to get into it. Um, one thing that's really cool about this is that it's actually a single developer by a gentleman named name of uh, Thomas Happ. Um, so he made this and the second one. Um, but yeah, really, really great. Uh, very talented individual. Um, yeah, the game's great. Music's great. Everything's great. And now we have our first category, the gameplay. And we're starting with the story. So you play as someone called Trace, Trace Eschenbrenner. It's an interesting name. Um, so pretty much you're a scientist. Uh, an explosion happens in the lab and suddenly you wake up on an alien world called Sudra. Uh, there's this voice that kind of guides him uh, on his quest. And then at some point you learn of what's called the Breach. And the Breach is a storm that separates many worlds in the universe and such. Um, so a long time ago, a uh, person called Athetos came to Sudra and eradicated everyone but these mechanical giants. He kind of uh, had a pathogen, almost like a plague of sorts that just took everything out but these mechanical giants. Um, and just again, spoilers and all that stuff. If you haven't played it and you want to have any of the story ruined or don't want it ruined, um, maybe go play it before you listen to this episode. Um, so yeah, spoiler. So uh, Trace is a clone of Athetos at a younger age. So there's some weird like time travel aspects in there. There's um, obviously there's a bad guy in there that is you in the future, but you're a clone. It's strange, to be honest with you. Um, Trace is then convinced to kill Athetos and leaves Sutra. 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 Um, when you beat the game, Trace actually wakes up and he didn't get injured. Like, you know, history has been changed. Uh, but he pretty much becomes obsessed with getting back to Sutra. Um... So, the story is awesome, however, it is hard to explain via words. Um, as I said, like the story was really cool. The twist of you and Athetos being the same, uh, I guess, the same person, a clone of the same thing. I think that was pretty cool, a uh, little twist. Um, yeah, so the, the final boss is Athetos. And to be honest with you, the um, the. Fight, I remember, and it has been a little bit of time since I played this, but the fight, from what I remember, is not a very challenging fight. Um, kind of fairly slow, but either way, um, the, uh, the, the cool part of this game isn't necessarily the boss fight, but it's the exploration, the backtracking. It is at Metrovania, all the items, the upgrades, all those things. Um, there's a lot of upgrades and even more weapons. Um, so, I do want to go over them, right, you know, tell you what there is, kind of thing. Uh, so, we'll start with all the upgrades. So, one of the first ones you'll get is the laser drill. This can cut through rock. Um, so, there's little bits of uh, of the game where you're just stuck, can't get past it. And there's unique looking rocks, this little laser drill can cut through it. Pretty straightforward. Uh, the next one is the address disruptor. So, that's going to corrupt or decorrupt certain blocks. Um, it can be upgraded as well, makes it a little bit uh, quicker, and also can work on, I don't know how to say it best, like more powerful blocks kind of thing. 
Um, you have the Field Disruptor, which increases your jumping. The Bioflux Accelerator. Now, this one's neat. So when you're at full health, what happens is you get little tentacles that stick out of you. And it helps. So when you shoot, you shoot with these tentacles as well. There's a little bit more damage, you know, a little bit of a uh, different spread of uh, damage. That can be upgraded to four total tentacles. So you get a four, sh four extra shots to get more damage, right? I'll take it any day of the week. Um, then we go to the modified lab coat, which is the first of three lab coat changes because you are a scientist. Uh, this one allows you to teleport through thin walls. So you get close to it and you can just kind of like glitch through them. Um, if you've seen Wreck-It Ralph, the way that, um, uh, was it Penelope, whatever, the way she glitches across the track, it's kind of like that, but only up against those small walls. Um, we can get the remote drone. This one's really cool because you kind of throw the drone, then you're controlling it. Now, Trace is still sitting there just hanging out, you know, whatever, but you're controlling the drone and then you kind of explode and it you get teleported back to Trace. Uh, but this is a way that you can hit different switches through different corridors. Again, a lot of these are how it um, blocks you from entering the next area. Well, you need the remote drone to sneak through to hit that button that's up there above that you normally can't. So um, another one that's uh, neat next is the passcode tool. This one's interesting. So you'll find all sorts of uh, notes throughout the game. And in there, you'll find passcodes and you enter it like it's a password, like back in the day on arcade games. And you can uh, do all sorts of things. One of the biggest things you could do is it helps open up new areas. Um, I don't believe any area is required. Like if you, uh, these are all optional kind of areas. So uh, to get to different weapons, items, things like that, you can use that. Um, I couldn't do all of them. I did look up a few of them, but that is what it is, right? Um, we have grapple next. So that one's kind of like, uh, kind of like the grapple beam in Super Metroid where it shoots up and you can swing around sort of thing, uh, much shorter range and can grapple onto pretty much anything. But again, opens up those new areas so you can get things further. Uh, we have the next coat. It's a trench coat. This allows you to teleport in any direction. Um, so you don't have to just do it up against those thin walls anymore. So again, opens up a little bit more. Uh, address bomb. This one uses the address disruptor, uh, so to corrupt slash decorrupt uh, blocks, but it's like a power bomb. Like it fills the whole screen and will do a lot more than just the short range address disruptor, address disruptor that you have, relatively short range. Uh, drone teleport. This enhances the remote drone, so you can actually teleport to the drone. So you can navigate over to a area because the drone is very short. It's like one block tall, whereas Trace is, uh, I believe, two, maybe three. I think it's two. So if there's a spot where Trace can stand and walk, you can teleport over and then Trace is there and you can kind of continue on. Again, opening up more places. Um, there's the Sudran key, which is kind of straightforward. It just allows you to get through certain doors in Sudra. And then finally, you have the red coat. So it's similar to the trench coat teleport in any direction but it does damage to the tiles and enemies in its path um so it, it, i think it might go a little bit further as well um but for the most part you can just teleport thing through things uh, a little bit more aggressively so as i said a decent amount of upgrades and those are the ones where you're going to you know how you advance in the game like a lot of metroidvanias 
I'll use Super Metroid as a good example. You know, you unlock um, certain areas in the game uh, with the speed booster or the high jump boots. Same sort of idea. These are just going to get you further in the game and lots of that good old backtracking in uh, the Metroidvanias. Um, so now we're on uh, a big part. <laughs> so this is the weapons. So uh, the game generally is... Um, uh, you know, you're shooting projectiles, uh, things like that. What's cool with the weapons is, um, as far as I can tell, other than the very first one, which, I mean, you get that in the first room that you go into. You can't advance anywhere in the game. But once you have that, I don't know. You don't know. I was Sorry, I was going to say that you don't need any of them, but some of them you definitely do. Um, like for an instance, well, I'll go on the first one. So the first one's Axiom Disruptor. It's your standard shot, you know, pew, 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 and you're good. Um, Nova, it fires a projectile and it's like a ball. It goes uh, medium speed, let's say. When it's flying through the air, you can fire it again and it'll explode into six more projectiles out from it. And so I was going to say, I don't think anything is required other than Axiom Disruptor, but I am remembering early in the game to hit a button you have to use the Nova and then fire and then fire again because it's kind of like around the corner of a wall. So you fire through the hole and you explode it and it hits the uh, button. Um, so yeah, some of these are going to be required. And I will be honest with you, in my playthrough that I did, I did not 100% it. I didn't get all the weapons. So when I was looking up all these weapons, some of them are not familiar. So I'm doing it based on like the Wikipedia uh, description of, as well as my own little thing if they're ones that I know um, multi-disruptor that one's going to fire three projectiles at once so uh, that one's kind of nice because it helps you um, hit things that are at different uh, you know heights um, so you're not having to aim and jump and all that stuff you can just shoot and it kind of helps with that uh, Kilver uh, this one is it fires like a, a round burst of like electricity at a short range. Uh, maybe only kind of like traces height, but you know, in diameter. So it shoots that over. But again, one thing that's cool in this game is that you can get like, you know, health upgrades, of course. And then you can get like, um, I don't know exactly what they are, but like a weapon upgrades of sorts where it makes all of your weapons just better. So not only just more damage, but maybe the projectile's bigger, maybe it moves in a different way, faster, something like that. The Kilver, it makes that diameter even bigger each time. Um, so from the very beginning to the last upgrade is a big difference. And I actually use that weapon probably the most. Um, there's a few other ones, but that one I used a lot, I remember, because it, whenever anything got really close to you, you shoot and it's very quick. And it shoots a lot, and it does a good amount of damage. So usually if something gets close, it's a one hit, maybe two hit. But if you do get hit, it just takes... You take a lot of damage on hits, for sure. So, um, Firewall, which I don't know if I got, or if I got, I never used it. Um, it you kind of throw a bomb underground, and it erupts in like a pillar of flame. Um, if you played the Castlevania games, it's similar to the Holy Water. You know, you throw it down, and it just, you know explodes and makes fire on the ground in that uh, spot um so yeah i i as i said i don't remember playing with that one but it could be that maybe i just didn't like it um the hypo atomizer so this one hard to describe 
So it shoots a projectile. And I'm doing this with my hand. Try to follow along. It goes along. And then um, like above and below it, it goes like pew, 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 pew kind of thing. As it travels further, it just shoots more of those out. Um, they don't fire very far. Um, I remember barely using this one because I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, I would rather just use the Axiom Disruptor. Shoots your standard shot. I believe it was quicker and maybe did more damage. So I just don't know when that would be used. And I know that not all the weapons are going to be the best. The cool thing about it is that there's so many. There's almost 20 weapons, I'm guessing, just based on my notes. So the, the fact that they were trying all these different options... I think is great. There's not really any weapons that are the same from one to another. There's a little bit of similarities, but they're all pretty unique. So, um, the next one is the Vorangi, I think is how you would say it. So this one's really strange. It kind of like just shoots beams of energy, just shoots them out. And it's kind of random. It doesn't necessarily um, always go and hit the enemy. Um, most of the time it does because it kind of not necessarily fills the screen but it, like covers a good section of the screen in front of you kind of thing uh, that one's cool um, but I feel like it was fairly slow rate of fire so if you were good with it it's one of those ones where yeah you'll be good with it but if you're having a hard time or if enemies are coming at you quick um, it's different and there's a lot of different enemy types I'm not going to go over that on this episode just because there are so many and I probably couldn't describe all of them to you from memory um, but they are pretty unique in that sense so this is why having so many weapons is nice because you know on enemies you know ABC maybe the killver is really great but that's terrible on other enemies you want to have more of a long-range weapon because those enemies you know D let's say um, they have a lot of health. The Kilver doesn't do enough damage um, for them to die in one or two hits. So then they would hit you and then all of a sudden you're losing a third to more health. And one thing that I remember in this game that makes it very challenging, I don't believe there's any invincibility frames. So in a lot of games, you get hit, you're invincible for, you know, a second or two. So you can kind of run through damage or get away from something. This one, you just get hit and then hit and then hit and then you're dead. Um, and again, as I said, three, maybe four hits on some of these enemies early in the game and you're, you're done. You do get a lot of health upgrades, but again, you have to make it to those health upgrades kind of thing. Um, so, uh, the next one is the reflector. Um, this one is also, uh, I can't remember what it's called in Castlevania, but you kind of, it's, it's a beam that bounces off walls, right? Um, I feel like there's something in Castlevania. I never knew what it was called, but it was like a gem that, you know, bounced, um, this one, yeah, bounces off walls. So this one's kind of handy. If you can see an enemy right on the edge of your screen, you can maybe bounce it around and then hit them with that without getting into danger. Um, you have orbital discharge. So this one, when you fire, the projectile hits the ground or wall and then kind of travels along it like a, almost like a buzzsaw kind of thing. And then can, you know, hit enemies that may be up on a wall or up on the ceiling, something like that. Uh, lightning gun this one I found it really cool um, I used it a decent amount but I feel like I kind of went back to other weapons um, at some point so it's kind of a um, it's a it's a beam of energy and like lightning energy and arcs to the closest enemy um, you don't have to necessarily aim so that helps um, but I feel like I 
from my memory, I believe it didn't do a huge amount of damage. So it's useful in, again, some situations, um, but then not so useful in others. So, uh, Turbine Pulse. So this is another one that's a little tricky to explain. So you fire, and that has four projectiles tethered together, and they'll rotate, and they'll kind of go in a, a different width. And then when you let go, um, they'll release, and they'll kind of just shoot forward. So... Um, I'm trying to think what I could compare to. I got nothing. So pretty much, yeah, you just like, you shoot, they kind of go there. And then when you let go, it's like, okay, now I'm going to shoot forward kind of thing and go and hit whatever. So again, very situational, but I don't see it being super great most of the time. Um, shards I liked, uh, fairly short to medium range. Um, it just fires a bunch of ice shards really quickly kind of erratically for the most part in the right area but a little bit up and down a little bit of variation in there um but yeah it's nice that it can shoot those ice shards um and i i don't remember like ice lightning fire i don't remember there being any like elemental weaknesses um like i don't remember ice things slowing enemies down uh or fire you like causing like damage over time or anything like that i just vague i, I think they just kind of you know were different elements it didn't necessarily change how much damage you did uh distortion field is next it's similar to kilver uh it can be held down so it's a continuous attack and it stuns enemies um it doesn't do a huge amount of damage when i looked i don't remember getting that one myself so i that could just be either again didn't use it or um it's just uh, based on my interpretation from the wiki again uh, a data bomb so that one is uh, almost kind of like a little explosive impact or explosive projectile on impact so you shoot hits the enemy hits a wall explodes damage can go through walls too so again if you have enemies on the other side of a wall or hiding behind something this can help take them out before they get close to you so and that's something that i would say if you're playing this it's a great way to start the game for the first while until you get a few upgrades is try and take enemies out from as far away as possible um there's these creepy zombie creatures that l jump and lunge at you uh, that you find fairly early on in the game and they hit so hard um and they you kind of just have to know where they are and then once you know where they are you can preemptively fire and take them out hopefully before they get too close but yeah man like some of them some of the enemies in this game have been very challenging for sure. Uh, we have a tethered charge. That is a fancy yo-yo. So you shoot it out, you can kind of change the direction of it, and it kind of goes in and out. Um, quantum variegate, very, very gator, variegator. Sorry, that one. I'm not sure. Uh, quantum variegator. Uh, so the projectiles just fire in a random manner. Um, it's something like that again i don't remember seeing that one but something like that i'm not too keen on i'd rather have something consistent because then i'm kind of comfortable so i shoot here and it's just gonna go i'm not gonna be like it's not gonna be random all over the place so uh ion beam this one fires a continuous beam of energy um i think i remember getting this one and really cool in some situations it kind of just melts through a lot of enemies uh lower level enemies um but i'm guessing the later on this list because they're not alphabetical it's probably when you get the uh, uh weapons themselves so later on in the game uh, but i remember that one being very useful for instance 
Next up, we have the Reverse Slicer. Uh, this one kind of fires a large blade. From what I remember, it's not super quick, uh, but it can go through walls and kind of is a boomerang. So you can shoot it and it comes back. Um, again, if you can kill enemies before they can get to you, uh, pro tip, <laughs> I feel, until you get good with the game or have more health, a little bit of both. Um, yeah, anything that you can do where you do damage where they can get to you is a really good idea. Um, and then the last one, is the flamethrower and um yeah it's a flamethrower <laughs> just shoots it out medium range and kind of like a, it gets bigger and bigger um does good damage but again if it doesn't take out the enemy right away you're probably just going to get hit so uh yeah generally you want to prevent yourself from getting hit um now that is the regular weapons and the next three i didn't even know existed period because they're called secret world weapons and uh, the secret world, um, it looks like from when I checked earlier, um, it is a, uh, whatchamacallit, from hard mode. Uh, so I'm actually going to quickly look it up. But um, yeah, so the uh, weapons that you can get there, the first one is a heat seeker. Um, so this one here is the, um, uh, how would you say it? Like it shoots out projectiles, like little balls of flame, and then they just zoom in and seek out enemies. Um, so I think that's a, a great one because then you can just kind of shoot and it just does all the guesswork for you kind of thing is how I would understand it. Um, the next one is called the scissor beam. And again, I didn't have any of these secret world weapons. So they are, I don't know how to describe this one. So it shoots out in like a, uh, almost like a cone outward from you, a vertical cone. And then in between the two lines, there's more beam energy weapon. So that'll hit enemies and then it'll kind of snap down, like almost like a crocodile going, hum. Um, so it'll do that on the enemies. And then, of course, you know, um, it does damage kind of thing. That one... Uh, it, based on the description of what I read and what I'm saying, I don't think I'd like that one at all. Uh, it seems very, very specific um, for, or very situational, I should say. So, um, yeah, I don't know when that would be useful. And then the last one is called Fat Beam. So it's like the Ion Beam, but what it does, is it shoots a small beam for two seconds, and then it fires a beam that's wider than Trace's height. It's huge for four seconds and does massive damage. Uh, that one, again, I feel like that's situational because you have to wait two seconds before it actually starts shooting. These enemies are quick. So to, to get that in... Uh, working um, again situational you have to know the game really well and I feel like it would be a challenge for sure so um, and I'm just doing a little look up yeah here we go so <laughs> I I'm just looking at what the secret worlds are sorry uh, so easy secret worlds are found in a couple areas containing primary items and then secondary health uh, medium secret worlds are found in other places, uh, same type of item to eat them, and then the hard secret rolls can be found in these three areas. Uh, okay, so it isn't necessarily that it's a hard mode, they're just a challenging secret world. Um, I do remember finding, um, I'm trying to wonder, 
I, f- I remember finding a couple things like this, one or two of these secret worlds just on my own. They're very strange looking and it was kind of confusing. Um, but yeah, they're just like, um, I feel like I went into either an easier medium because I said I didn't have any of those three weapons. Um, but I found them to be challenging. They're like a challenge area. Um, and you have to kind of go through the whole area. There's no save or anything like that. And the first time I went to one, I was very confused. I was like, am I in the right place or what kind of thing? So yeah, the secret worlds will end up getting you to those, you know, not only these secret world weapons, but other things like health, range, uh, increase, damage, increase, things like that. Okay. So the gameplay, the game itself, great game. I do enjoy it. Now we're on to the music, and man, oh man, this is um, this is some good music. And, you know, I just want to take a moment again. The This is a single developer. A single person made this game. They made the, the graphics of the game, the mechanics, came up with all these weapons, the bosses, the story, the cutscenes, the music, and, I, and sound effects. And I think it's amazing when you have that single developer. And uh, again, like Thomas Happ, this must be a huge passion project of theirs to really put this out there. And for a lot of people, it's a, it's a very well-received game. It was nominated for uh, Best Indie Game of the Year from the Game Awards in 2015. Um, it didn't win, but I'm um, to be nominated and to be you know the one and only person making the game... I, that's a huge accomplishment. Um, so, uh, the again, the music's kind of what got me into it. Again, listening to the music, really wanting to listen to Without Place in the game um, was... It was kind of like, I don't know why it gripped me with the music, but I'm glad it did. As I said, I, I, I do enjoy the game a lot. So, um, the music also, and I mean the environment, the graphics and the story and some of the weapons and enemies gives us a very alien, like the movie alien aliens vibe for sure. Like I, there must be some inspiration in there for sure because it, yeah, it just, if you listen to it, if you see it, you would, I think, understand what I'm trying to say. Um, so we will start with the first song, uh, that is the axiom. Um, it's what you heard at the beginning. It's what you're hearing now. What a great way to start the game. Um, just that intro music, and it is uh, great drums. It's simple, toe tapping, but really just clean. A, a great, great song to start the game with for sure. Uh, next on my list here is Trace Rising. So uh, this one here is the boss theme for a few of the bosses. Not all of them. It's I think earlier on. Um, it's a really cool song. Um, at 30 seconds into the song, um, you do get a little bit of a uh, the melodic. I don't even know what instrument would be. A little synth uh, that comes in, and uh, it's great energy. It pumps you up. It's a great boss fight song. Um, it's not distracting. It's just it pumps you up. Great one to fight a boss too. Uh, and then finally is without place. It's the song. Um, this is the one that I said I love listening to. And it's the one I wanted to, I wanted to hear it in the game. I just kept wanting to play. Um, I had no clue where it was and I didn't want to look it up. I I was tempted, but I didn't look it up. Um, So I just kept playing, kept playing, kept playing. And I finally heard it. Uh, I was so excited. And it is pretty much in the last area of the game. Like you don't hear it early, (laughs) that's for sure. But it makes it even that much better. 
uh, yeah, when I heard it, I was very, very happy. Unfortunately, there are no remixes on OC Remix for this game, which is sad. Um, but, I mean, OC Remix, uh, it's been around for many years, and there's about 4,000-something songs. Uh, there's a finite amount of songs that people are going to make them up. But the original soundtrack is fantastic. Definitely have a chance, or if you have a chance, listen on Spotify and things like that. Okie doke. So now the time commitment. So if you start the game and actually stick with it, it goes by much quicker. <laughs> um, so as I said, it took me some time to get into it. But when I finally did and I beat the game, I think I clocked in about maybe 10 or 11 or so hours, somewhere around there. Uh, I did look up a few things. You know, it is a Metroidvania. Sometimes things are, it's a maze, right? That's the whole point. Um, but I would say the game is quite balanced. So as I said, about 10 or so hours for myself. Um, lots of backtracking to do, so it it will just take more time. Um, and also as well, it helps on, if you're able to play it fairly quick in a short overall time, it helps because, you know, you get on the left side of the map, you're like, oh yeah, there's that, okay, I don't know how to get through there. Then you keep playing, keep playing, and then you get a new item, and you head back there, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. But if you play it like once a week for an hour or two at a time, um, you might forget about that one at the beginning. So I would say that would actually make the game take longer to beat. But of course, if you don't have the ability to play it, uh, very often, I mean, you you play it at your leisure kind of thing. Um, on the how long to beat, uh, the main story uh, clocks in at 10.5 hours and completionist is 17 hours. Um, so again, the um, not a huge amount uh, of people have played it, but a decent amount for sure. So I feel like the numbers are uh, a pretty good representation of it for sure. Um, and then on our speed run, um, so there are eight categories with two difficulties, so a total of 16. Um, most people, it looks like we're doing it on the normal difficulty, not the hard difficulty. Which, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know if I'd want to play this on hard. I, It depends on what happens, but generally hard modes in these kind of games, all it does is just make the enemies more difficult and have more health. So, I mean... The game is challenging enough. I didn't. I didn't. I don't need more of a challenge. Um, currently, it's not super active. Um, so the players total for the game sixty six. Uh, currently active is one. Um, I don't particularly know what that means. Um, my guess is maybe within the last six months, how many people have submitted times, but it's just a guess, something like that. Um, anyway, uh, also the full game, uh, oh, total runtime, I like this stat, is 391 hours. So again, if you don't know, the total runtime is take every speedrun submitted, add it all up, and that's what you get. You look at games like Super Metroid and some of the Mario games, you're in the tens of thousands of hours. So it's, it's kind of cool to see them. Um, the game also has a built-in speedrun mode, which, from what it looks like, that's actually one of the rules. You have to use speedrun mode, which kind of makes sense. Um, and then the time is actually set as in-game time. So the speedrun mode just it gives you your time at the end of the game. That's what you use. You don't have to use a timer with live splits and things like that. I'm sure a lot of people do because they want to see where how they're doing on splits. It's kind of the whole point. Um, so we've got two speedruns that I want to chat about quick. So there's any percent, 
Uh, so that one's by Bluey Lewis, the record. It's 30 minutes, 26 seconds, 433 milliseconds. So, I mean, like, what is that, 5% of what my run was? If that's what my run was. Um, and then, of course, the end percent, you know, finish it as fast as possible. Um, there is an any percent NMG, so no major glitches. Um, and then the glitches that are prohibited in that one, grapple skips F12 slash print screen buffer and then void warp. I I have no clue what any of those are. Uh, most of these uh, that are in the top are all PC. So um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people are playing this on PC. So yeah. Um, then the hundred percent items. So there are two hundred percents. So there's hundred percent items. Sorry, three I guess. Hundred <laughs> percent items. Hundred percent and hundred percent no major glitches. Uh, the hundred percent no major glitches um, is. Do, do, I'm not too sure what it says. All cheats, modification, and hacks are prohibited. It doesn't actually tell you what is uh, not there. Nonetheless, there's only even two on there. But 100% items, I think, is kind of cool uh, because that's all your upgrades and weapons. Um, I don't believe you need to have. Oh, yeah, it is logs, upgrades, weapons, and tools. Whereas 100% is logs, weapons, upgrades, tools. Oh, map to 100% defeat all the bosses. Okay, that's the difference. So anyway, 100% items uh, is also by Bluey Lewis at 1 hour, 8 minutes, 10 seconds, 233 milliseconds. Uh, again, using that speedrun mode. The speedrun mode must give you the milliseconds because all of the entries have milliseconds. So makes sense. Um, I didn't have a chance to uh, watch any of these, um, but I'm probably going to look at the any percent i'm really curious about what these um the major glitches are the grapple skip after all print screen buffer and void warp no clue there is also an any percent warpless um yeah so uh, quite a few categories and there's also a randomizer percent but that one though is only available on pc so the randomizer, I remember reading about this, um, originally was set for all platforms to come out. Um, then it just didn't happen. I'm not 100% sure why. Um, it just never made its way out kind of thing, which is kind of a bummer because I feel like that would be kind of fun playing a, a built-in randomizer on like the PS4. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. So I'm sure I'll watch one of these in the next little bit when I have uh, some time. Again, it's only 30 minutes. That's not that much time. All right, so, Kittable. Um, yeah, this one, it's a challenging game. Uh, that doesn't mean that kids can't do it, not even in the slightest. Um, I I think when I go over the Kittable section, it's a more challenging game. I think I don't give kids enough credit. Um, like, at some point, I was a kid, right? Some time ago, a long time ago. And, like, I mean, I figured out games. I don't see why I don't think that a kid can't figure this out. So, it's, again, the whole practice makes perfect. Maybe it's because it took me several tries to get into it. And one of the reasons why was it was challenging. I was dying um, sometimes even before the first save. So, uh, and even then, first boss. Like, and eventually, again, eventually I got better at it. Um... And yeah, you get the flow of it, you get some of the weapons, you get a little bit more of the health upgrades. Yeah, it gets um, easier because you're also getting used to it as well. And again, like I've said this so many times, I talk about it. Yeah, you, you just have to play the game. Start playing the game and now 
yeah, it becomes, you know, relatively easier. The game may be harder, but it stays as a challenge. So, yeah, practice makes perfect. The controls, nice, simple, crisp. Um, yeah, so I would say for a child to play it, yeah, it's not too bad. Um, the Some of the elements of the game may be a little scary. I Again, um, my son is not even starting to really do anything with video games uh, yet but uh, I wouldn't really think a young young child should really be playing it but again they may not fully understand what's going on um, the giant mechanical heads that you talk to are a little creepy <laughs> to be honest with you um, but and it's a fairly dark game but um, as I say even though I played it on my PS5 as a parent playing it on a switch probably is the best way to play it um, because you can just put it down pick it up right away uh, easy to pick up and play um, it's not a very graphically demanding game so I would say the performance probably runs really great on the switch as well um, so yeah it gives you the option to as I said just put it on pause put it down um, or play while you know kiddos watching something on TV or something like that so yeah it gives you a little bit more variety and options kind of thing okay well that's it um that was a fairly quick episode to be honest with you we're just at about 41 minutes and uh usually at this point I'm, I'm at about 55 to 60 minutes but i don't think i missed anything i think we went over everything i needed to um so as part of the conclusion um i'm gonna give this game a rating of 8 out of 10 um i i, I do definitely enjoy this game for sure um it's a lot of fun and, you know, to be funny, going through the notes, doing the podcast, I kind of want to go through it again um, and, you know, play it again. Just go through it again. Maybe do the speedrun mode. I don't know. I don't really know what the speedrun mode would accomplish for me. I I don't think I'm... Again, I've only beaten it once. I feel like maybe I should beat it a couple times before you try speedrunning things. Um, it did take some time for me to get it into the game. Um, but once it got in there, I I really enjoyed playing. I was very excited to get back into it and just keep playing. And I really wanted to beat it. And I did. And uh, probably one of my more enjoyed newer games, uh, newish, let's call it, um, as of late. Um, and then it's funny, after I beat this, I was so excited to beat it because I went straight into Axiom Verge 2, which is also an awesome game. Um, so the... Again, still made by Thomas Hab. I Again, amazed that he could he made both these games. Um, but yeah, went straight from the first one to the second one. I kind of wanted to poke around with some more stuff on the first one, but I was also excited to play the second one. So as I said, I might I might go and play at least the first, if not the second one again. Um, once you play it once, you remember a good chunk. So I don't think it would take me as long to go through again. But... Um, I don't know. I mean, as I said, I, I barely played anything the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to be busy again for the rest of the month. So who knows when I'm going to be able to uh, actually play uh, any games, let alone these games again. And that wraps her up. Brings us to the end of our episode. Um, again, anyone out there listening, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Um, I've got Instagram out there, PPVG Podcast. I'm also on Threads. 
Um, I don't really know what it is. <laughs> um, I was never on Twitter, barely ever on Facebook. So um, this social media thing for me is still new. But yeah, I'm on there. I'm going to, I don't know how much I'm really going to post other than, hey, this is the episode coming up. Um, so if you want to know what episode it is, go ahead and do that. If you want to send me a message on there, comment on the game that we're going to be talking about, I'd love to hear anyone's comments. Um, as I said, the new episode is going to be in two weeks. However, I'm actually going to be recording it earlier than normal because I'm not going to be in town in two weeks. Uh, but, um, that's just the only thing that's going to change with that really is like, what have I been playing in the last week? Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's the end of it. Um, as is our tradition, here's our, uh, bi-weekly dad joke. What do clouds wear? Thunderwear. And on that note, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, and make sure you give that loved one a hug. Thanks, and we'll catch you next time.